You're listening to Casual Swim. So Mark goes on wax, thanks for talking. First question is quite a big one, but can you tell us the story of Warp and its evolution in, in short form? Because I guess you're one of the originators of this thing, and now it's like, you walk in and it's huge, right? Yeah, I mean, Warp's, like Nightmares and Wax and Warp's, um, story and relationship is a bit of a fairy tale really um in all honesty we were all young kids just really into clubbing and uh you know brought up around uh a lot of hip-hop and and djs and battle djs and stuff like that but yeah. then obviously when the rave scene happened and stuff we were well we were kind of part of the birth of the rave scene we were kind of bringing releasing 12 inches and stuff and that to represent our if we want our area, mm-hmm. so me coming from Leeds, so yes, four right. from Sheffield, yeah. guy called Gerald from mm-hmm. Manchester, and basically, you know, we we, I say we as in me and Kevin, boy yeah. with the happen, my original partner, uh, we released an EP back in 1989, uh, July 89, and I walked into a record store in Sheffield mm-hmm. uh, called Fun Records and met a guy called Steve Beckett, um, who was thinking about setting up a record label. Okay. We exchanged numbers. He'd already heard about our shit, and then. Um, Basically, he said, look, we're thinking about setting up a label. Let's exchange numbers. They released Forge Masters. I think it was in, I think they might have released that in August or of 89. And then they rang, rang me up in uh, sort of like a bit after that. And then in December 89, we became the second signing. That was a And then did you ever think it would get to this point where that, if you look at their client list or look at their artist list, it's huge. And it's like one of the foremost labels in Music. Yeah, I don't think, well, I could, I, you know, when people said to me, oh, did you ever think about a career? Did you ever think about the future? And to, to, be, all, to be honest, you know, yeah. I didn't because yeah. it was, the, the, the love of doing it was over through everything, you know, and there was never really a, a doubt about doing it. So there was no fear about the future. There was no, and when you're a teenager anyway, I don't know how many teenagers really think about the future. Mm. You kind of like... You're in this whirlwind, not yeah. not being in the school, mm. so you've got a kind of sense of freedom. You've got your adventuring, you've got the clubs for the first time, you're partying and stuff yeah. like that. You're already experiencing all these new worlds. Doing that and having your music playing in these clubs yeah. and DJing is just pure joy and excitement. So it wasn't a, I, I would never say it was a career move. It was, it was a love and a passion move, really, you know what mm. I mean? And I don't know, I know Warp kind of like evolved into this thing where it wanted to deliver electronic music intelligently and right. like really be cutting edge in that um, whether they had this massive grand plan master plan to what it kept be- has become yeah. i'm not really sure <laughs> good, good answer you you guys one of the first signings and then you probably get asked this a lot but uh what happened when apex was brought into the fold like he released his uh his first album then i think what got the second one but yeah. what was like like for you or for like when you heard that um, you know what? It was yeah. it was basically an expansion of what was happening. We'd gone through this kind of like house stage to this tech stage to then ambient to then experimental. So it was like it was like everything was brand new. It was almost like that the onion peeling thing. It just kept evolving into something else and extending its obviously its its kind of breadth yeah, of yeah. what it was into into all these different other realms. So. It was interesting, if anything. How, how did you feel? Like, I don't know, were you fans? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. At first, I wasn't too sure because <laughs> yeah. I come from a club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, I can't play this on the dance floor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sort of thing. You know, I, I like some of the chill ambient stuff.
wasn't like massively, massively into it. Yeah. And then that evolved into something really great. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But the first parts of it and stuff like that, I was just like, oh yeah, well, this is nice, kind yeah. of like antenatal music sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it, but what I could see that was happening, there was all these other new pockets opening up and yeah. they were happening through, mm. you know, we use the term electronic music so simply now. But that's not what we said back in the day. What did you call it then? You know, so back in the day, like, yeah. you know, you, if you were doing stuff, like, it's like, it's like even the way that people banter te techno around, call it techno. We didn't, there were club tracks, there were house tracks, that was it. Being really caught up in the genre and the, and the label, that wasn't really a thing back in the day. Okay, awesome. Um, well, congrats on releasing your new album. Uh, sneakily, I've heard it because we've got the pins with these guys. Um, can you tell us, like the aesthetic or the ideology behind it? Or is it something that you just decided you needed to put some music out and it kind of came about? Or did you have a, a vision in time from the get-go? Well, I'm, I'm always making music, really. I'm always making music and then I'm not making music. I never know if it's part of an album or not. Over a period of time, this collection of music starts to evolve. So it's almost like having, I like to give the analogy, it's like having all these jigsaw pieces. And that's how I, I, I like to make an album in that approach because I think there's a lot more freedom yeah. and authenticity in that. Okay. It can be authentic in that way yeah. when you kind of you can be super focused and go I'm making an album it's going to be this you mm -hmm. can be like that if you want have you done that in your past you so know? Is it always uh, I think the only shrewdest thing that I ever did was Smokers Delight was that that was it it's a concept yeah. album you know
to this album, because I've been touring and traveling all over the world quite a lot extensively for the yeah. last five, six years, I was getting I was getting influenced from all different places, not necessarily by the music, just by uh, society and environment. And then what I started to like, when I started to write some of the songs, like Tell My Vision, for example, I was I went into writing that song about the things that I was into, the things that I was coming across, mm. whether they were theories, science, conspiracy theories, mm. or whether they were political issues. I thought, let me write about all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because these, all these things are in my vision, they're in, yeah. my, in my world, okay. you know what I mean? So, yeah. and then through that, I started to realize that wherever I went in the world, everybody wants the same thing. So, yeah, what, do you mean, like? what I mean by that is that everybody wants peace. Yeah. Everybody wants love. Everybody wants to be able to look after mm. and provide for their family. Like everybody. Nice. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. but that's not the narrative that people are being fed. Do you know what I mean? So, that brought me to a place of going, well, if, if I'm traveling to all these different places, be it China, Jordan, Palestine, Israel, Beirut, Australia, wherever, all these places, and I'm meeting so many different people. You know, I met people that were refugees that came from Ethiopia, and all kinds of things. So basically, what I started to then question was like, well, if we were to take political opinions out of the way, took religious opinions out of the way, and we started to think about how we would like to see the world, what place do you think somebody would come from? They come from a place of optimism. Mm-hmm. That made me think that, well then, who owns your imagination? Do you own it or is it influenced by something else? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then I started to say, well, I see an opportunity here. I see an opportunity to shape our future. All humans share one spirit. All humans share one consciousness. But yet they want to be separated. Like my, my ideas. They don't realize that all humans share a huge pool of consciousness, of thought. All human thought vibrates at a certain frequency. We're all in communication. You know, when you exhale, I breathe the air you breathe. We're all, we're all together, really. This is the way nature designed it. So that we will be sharing together.
relationship. Like the earth itself is a huge magnet. So it's creating energy, a magnetic force. The earth is giving it to us in a perfect and natural way. Everything in the material world comes from the spirit. The reason nature is alive is because there's a spirit that's manifested constantly. So we say everything comes from the spirit, from this energetic life source. And humans, they just want to take. They go, they gather, they take. They take it, they just take it, take it, take it. What the ancient says, you have to give first to the spirit for everything that you want to receive. Thank you. It's not really a way of saying thank you. 
They say in our culture, they say, how do you say please? You don't need to say please. Everything's there for you. You just need to know how to ask for it in a respectful with love. So you ask for it with love, accept it with love, and then you give love back. You don't give trash, you don't give pollution back to nature, you give love back, you give some of your energetic goodness back to the earth. Yeah, and that, and, and I'm not saying, well, what I am saying is, I believe the system is broken. I believe we don't need a leader. I believe, I believe that nobody's going to come and save us. Yeah, I, I believe all this old paradigm stuff needs to go. Right. What are you proposing? I'm, I'm proposing <laughs> yeah. that we start to talk. Let's have a conversation about how we would like to see the world. Okay. Because by having the conversation, we create a shift in consciousness. I like it. Yeah. Just by having, you know, like I say, like you get a bunch of children in, in a room and ask them how they would like to see the world. I guarantee you, we'll be optimistic. I, could, I, I was one of them people that would sit around complaining about government politics and all these things. But I'm not helping. I'm just adding to the problem. So what I'm saying is that through my music, I'm saying. There's an opportunity here, the best opportunity, one of the best opportunities we've ever had. And some people say, you're, you're talking like a revolutionary. I am talking like a revolutionary. The revolution I'm talking about yeah. is a revolution in consciousness, right? It's an opportunity to talk about how we would like to see the world. Not how it is, yeah. not what we're scared of, because that is the narrative that is being fed to yeah. everybody. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So this is why I've used the title Shape the Future, because I believe that you on your thoughts, yeah? If you're aware of them, no, yeah, they'll run away like a wild horse if you're not aware of them.
there's a, there's a search for an answer. I think nowadays, like this, it's, the world's so much complicated through like digital, social media, all that kind of stuff. We're just which we're battling for like real estate in our brain because it's overtaking, you know? Yeah. The need for us to come together, potentially through music or through other art forms, like increasingly there, you know? Well, what, what I say in that, when I say what I'm talking about, about like shaping the future, it mm. starts with yourself. Mm. I'm not saying somebody that stands on a soapbox and tells everybody how it is. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. It starts with yourself. Start to appreciate yourself, you know what I mean? To even like and love yourself. It's only hard if you believe in the reality out there that's been fed to you. What's your reality? Your reality is, is something that you have a relationship with. If you switch, if you stop buying newspapers, yeah. switch off the TV or switch off the news yeah. and start to connect with what you're experiencing, that's the truth. That's really deep, man. We could talk about this for a long time, <laughs> but I'm conscious of, I guess when I listen to your music, like there's, there's a certain like time frame and a certain context that I'm in. Do you consider that when you're recording your music? You no, know, you have, like, we're talking about other genres like techno or like dark electronic, like Aphex, but then your music fits, like, I guess it fits in lots of different areas. Mm -hmm. But do you find that when you're making it, uh, the listener's mentality will come into it, or like, I guess where they're listening to it, or what time? I d I d do you know what? I've, I've gone from like, mm -hmm. I've gone from, to, from, from the space of, trying to study and work out what I'm doing to yeah. now just trusting. Okay, right, I think yeah. it's really important. I would say to any, any, anybody that's getting into making music or doing music, trust what you're feeling. Your right. feelings don't lie. Your head will trick you yeah. because your head will tell you, oh, well, where does that fit in? Is that, does that, does, is, are people going to like it? Yeah. Or all the things are illusions. The truth is, is, is actually in your heart. If you are making a piece of music and you really, really like it, that's what people did to. Amazing. You don't have to be. A, you don't even have to be a connoisseur to know that something's authentic. It's like when you read a book and a book really grabs you. That's because it's authentic. There's something authentic about it. So what I'm saying is that in the creative process of making music, for you to be authentic, you need to be coming from your heart. You need to be feeling what you're doing. Yeah. It's not nothing to do with scenes, trends, or fashion. Some racist. She didn't explain that we were quite Caucasian and we don't conceive black. 
degradation at your kid patch them. All my friends are getting brainwashed and infants want sneakers and scratching on the desktops. Some violence on the TV, broken down on news round while eating toast toppers, watching coppers get beat down. Church discos and trips with a play scheme. Dancing the sky, kissing the girl of my dreams. My temper being those two tones, they press. Money in my car, but one step beyond, yes. Then it to a friend, never got it back. Dear Jim, could you fix it for me? Remember that, 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 So I, basically, Jordan was invited over to play at my event in, in Ibiza, Wax the Jam, yeah. uh, which he came and did, and it was the closing of okay. the season. Was that the, the last one? It was the it, recent one? It, well, it, this, was, this was in 2016, okay, right? right? Yeah. So, 
um, in September 2016. Yeah. And I was doing a barbecue the next day in my house mm. and I invited him and the band down. Okay. So they came down, yeah. we were running around starting the barbecue out, we had Daddy G there, a bunch of people, da da da. Yeah. And I've got a studio there and I was just like, yo, my man, I played a few beats, yeah. blah, 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 played him a few tracks and he picked this track out. This track I've actually had for quite a while. Yeah. And Jordan wrote lyrics to it, laid the vocals down. It's my favourite on the album, I've really, yeah. over again, yeah. <laughs> so literally it was all made. Yeah. It all in the it was all made and recorded, the vocals were, all during the barbecue being set up. That's me to be, man. So yeah. big up to Jordan for coming by and yeah, uh, yeah big up for, big up me for setting up the barbecue.
much a real organic way of yeah. gardening. I've got a friend that lives out in Ibiza and I was uh, asking her to give me some intel before this interview. And she said, your last event was kind of going against the grain uh, I guess bring it back to the roots of what was happening. Is that true? What's uh, well, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Well, I'd say I definitely. I wouldn't say going against the grain. Definitely say bring it back to the roots. Okay. I mean, Wax the Jam has always been about participation. It's always been about the crowd. Do you okay. know what I mean? It's not like come and watch the DJ. Yeah. All right. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. the the whole meaning of Wax the Jam is that that, that that there's a freestyle element in there. The way mm. that we play, the way that we DJ, the yeah. way that we interact with the crowd. And it's the people's party. What do okay. I mean by that? I mean that we get people from the age of 16 to 70 years old at our party. Do you know what I mean? We're in the yeah. oldest nightclub in Ibiza called Las Dalias, which is in the north of the island. Yeah, that's what she said. It's quite far to get there. So right? it's not yeah. in a holiday destination. Yeah, it's not yeah. part of that thing. So if the yeah. people who go make an effort to go there, so mm. that takes a certain kind of person. Yeah, okay. So mm. yeah, it's a feel good party, man. Yeah. You know? I guess no VIP. Yeah. <laughs> so next one's quite a generic one, but. Uh, what's your like bigger, biggest creative influence and how has it manifested in your work? Like, is there like a theorist or a musician or I don't know, like uh, a swami or anything that you're real connected with? That wow, yeah, there's a few things in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like from a music point of view, Quincy Jones and a, okay. and a mentor to me, just as a producer and and the, and the kind of journey and you know, the path that his life his life has taken through all the different genres of music that evolved yeah. through his career um, and obviously his productions um, but then from uh, an actual personal life kind of point of view there's there's quite a lot of just, just list them don't go into the details just, <laughs> just list a few of them yeah. I can go in I can go into a guy called Neil Donald Walsh mm. who wrote a book called Conversations of God Eckhart Tolle mm. uh, obviously Pirate Now there's a guy called Robin Sharma mm. who wrote a book called um, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari and then Joe Dispenza okay uh, I can go on I'm all about I'm all about what's the word uh, self 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 discovery. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know? The more awesome. you the more you dig, the less you know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. That's good for the next question. I guess uh, are you focused on the wider role that music plays in well being? Like I know your your partner is real into this space, is that correct? Yes, totally. Well yeah. this is the this is the thing is like Quite a few years ago, I kind of realized that, that I have a responsibility. You know, it's like you, you, you can make music, and yeah. you, or you make a song, it goes out into the world. That song itself is a spirit in its spirit of itself, and it, it evolves into something else. That's why people can come back to you and say, you know what, that song means this to me, that song means that to me, or this song got me through this or that. So when you travel around the world and you get that kind of, them kind of testimonies, you kind of like, it wakes you up a little bit, because mm. you're just like, you know what, then. It, not that I d I'm not aware of what I'm doing, but I need to be a lot more conscious in what I'm doing because mm -hmm. I have yeah. a magical tool here, which is music. Okay. So therefore, it's sacred, special, and I can use it in a really, really good way. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like in an enlightening way, do you know what I mean? Or in a comforting way. So I, I feel responsible for the energy I put out there. Amazing. That's, that's such a responsible answer, I guess. Um, the next one is like, what outside of music are you into? Like, obviously, have you always been known as like the music geek? So amongst your friends, as an early age, have you been always like obsessing with the decks or fucking with the stereo? Or I was, or, yeah, yeah, I was a bit of a dismantler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. to deconstruct things. Yeah. So what about outside of that? Like, yeah. um, did you show like you into art or like? Some? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I just don't have the time anymore. But I, yeah, used, to, yeah. I used to play, I used to play FIFA. Okay, that was my thing. FIFA mm -hmm. on on the on. 
actually yeah. on Atari first and then moved yeah. on to PlayStation. That yeah. used to I guess that's Ineacon. Yeah, stuff, but right? I was yeah. in food for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me and my boys used to hook up and that shit was like, yeah. that was like, how did like, you stay out of trouble? Like, not, not knowing where you grow up because I'm from New Zealand, it's far away, but like, how did you stay, not on the straight and narrow, but like, how did you kind of make it big? So, to be honest with you, I just think that in, yeah. in, in, you know, don't get me wrong, I've done some things in, in my childhood and stuff like that and yeah. I didn't get caught, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We all had to hustle at some point. But I also knew, it was, I've also known it's not the way, do you know what I mean? There's, Have there's, you felt like you've been lucky in life? You know, yeah. i tell you what I felt, I felt yeah. there's always been a burning desire inside of me to mm. do something. Yeah, I mean, I didn't yeah. know it, I didn't know it at the time and I still don't know it now, but I've, you know, I've gone back to, I've reflected and I've also gone back to where I'm from and, mm. then I look, and I've, I've looked at my journey or I've been in the most ridiculous situations yeah. in the other side of the world mm. and gone, what am I doing here? And then I'm like, it's music. As long as, to just kind of cover that, as long as you find your passion and you follow that and you're not in it for short term. What advice has been uh, given to you that's resonated with you uh, over your career span? And knowing that, what insight would you share with developers? So I've got three. Okay, yeah, right. So first, the first one is stick to your guns. Stick to your guns, right? Regardless of what everybody else is saying, stick to your guns, especially if it's something that you really, really feel. The other one is if you don't go within, you go without. Like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the other one is where, where every day, mm. be nice and have fun. Wake right. up, wake up knowing yeah. you're gonna have a great day. Make that the first thing that's on your mind when you wake up. That you're gonna have a great day. Amazing. Do you, do you have a daily routine? Like, do you wake up and then you try to do some like a run or do like some meditation or yoga? Or yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I've meditated. I've done that. I'm not the most disciplined, yeah. but now I also believe that we live in a in a in a conscious time where I don't yeah. think it has to be that disciplined. It's mm -hmm. all, it's more about being aware of the state of mind and the, and the state of heart where you are. Mindset, heart set, soul set. Those, those bits are important. So when yeah. I wake up in the morning, I have two things. I always go to bed and I have a glass of water at the side of the bed, right? So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do yeah. is I take a drink of that water and I give thanks for that water because some people don't have that. Exactly. That's the first thing. Yeah. Not only that, for health reasons, it's the best thing you can do, right? Then yeah. the next thing, is that I'm grateful for all the things I already have. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the, 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 what follows that, like I said, is that today is gonna to be another great day. And what that does then, some people, I know people when you get into the mind, the mind say, yeah, but what if this happens and da da da. It doesn't matter what shit gets thrown at you because mm. you've already prepared yourself for a great day. You're gonna be able to deal with it better. But if you go into it like you've got nothing to do with it, mm. it's always gonna be a struggle. Yeah. You have everything to do with your reality. Mm. And you are always making a choice. Even when you say you have no choice, it's a choice. Amazing. Last question is, this is quite a dark one. Well, not dark, but it's kind of retrospective. Like, how do you want your legacy to be remembered? Like in some, somewhere 50 years down the track and they think of DJ E's uh, nightmares. Like how, how do you want to be remembered? Or, like I spoke to Kid Koala about this and I asked him and he said, if someone, if one person uh, think to my music and smiles, that's all I want. That's quite a deep answer, but yeah. you know, to put that to you, like, how do you want Well, that, that, the first thing that came to my mind was that, yeah. that I made people happy. Mm, yeah. That was the first thing that came to my mind, do you know what I mean? And do you know what it's like mm. that is that, yeah, is that no matter what, if my music can do one thing, yeah. and that would be no matter what you're going through when you listen to it, it brings you back to you into a comfortable space, and that's everything to me. Amazing.